Once we have our team of leaders and we've started to train them, what do we do with them? Where can they serve in our ministry and how can we set them up for success? This is part three of Student Ministry Connection's mini-series on teams. And today we're gonna to be talking about sending that team through empowerment and multiplication. Welcome to Student Ministry Connection, a podcast for those who serve in student ministry, want to connect, and desire to grow. My name is Steve Cullum, and I've served in student ministry since 1999. And like most of you, I started serving because I wanted to help the next generation know about Jesus. But I soon realized that in order to do that well, God was asking me to spend more time with adults. In addition to partnering with parents, I also needed to develop a team of leaders. And as I interact with youth pastors through my ministry with the National Network of Youth Ministries, I hear lots of questions around building, training, keeping, and growing a team. So I started this three-part mini-series on teams as a way to share some of the tips that I've learned over the years. Some from my own experience, both positive and negative, especially the negative in the early years, and also some ideas that I've learned from other leaders through classes, conferences, books, coaching, and podcasts. On episode 113, we talked about forming your team and onboarding new leaders. Episode 14 was all about developing that team through training and discipling. And today on episode 115, we're talking about empowering and multiplying that team in order to send them into our ministry and maybe even more. But before we get into all that, let's pause and thank the sponsor of this episode. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. G-Shades has options to fit everyone with three plans to choose from. This curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you do better. Do you just need message outlines, a discussion guide, and a game? That's just over $200. Looking for a higher production value, including bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides? That's just over $300. Or do you want an affordable, engaging video curriculum? G-Shades has you covered for just over $400. You will not find a youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere else. There are lots of great curriculum options out there, but G-Shades is set apart because of their focus on the gospel. Every lesson focuses so much on Jesus and how to see the world and life situations through that lens of the gospel. You can also learn more about the creator, Mike Haynes, on episodes 32, 55, and 93 of this podcast. So head over to gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G, to download season five of G-Shades Youth Ministry Curriculum. And be sure to use the promo code CONNECTION at checkout to save $20 off your order. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Thank you so much, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode. You can find the link to G-Shades in the podcast show notes. Thankfully, for most of my years in ministry, I've had a team around me. I've been a part of several teams, and I've been able to lead several teams. And in the few times that I didn't have a team around me, it wasn't great. We were all designed to be in community. You can hear more about that on episodes 48, 100, 107, and many more. That's really one of the reasons this podcast exists, to create community. But on top of that, we need a team. So before we jump into the hows of sending our team, I want to share a few thoughts on why we need to empower and multiply our team. First of all, we should not be about building a ministry around us. That should never be our goal. And if we ever get to the place where it seems like the ministry is about us and what we can bring 
and all the things are relying on us, that's a problem that we need to fix. Also, we can accomplish so much more as a team. I mean, we only have so much capacity ourselves, so we need to bring other people around us to increase that capacity so that we can do so much more as a team. And finally, we need to increase our team's capacity in order to reach more students. There are so many teenagers in your community who don't know Jesus yet, and there's no way that you're going to be able to reach them all alone. We need to be partnering with other people within our church, other parachurch organizations, and other people from other churches as well. But for your specific ministry that God has called you to lead, we need to be creating team. And if you want to hear more about what someone else says about why teams are important here on the podcast, check out episode 61. One of the questions I hear a lot in youth ministry groups are, how many leaders should I have? And if I want to empower them, what can they do in our ministry? So how many leaders should you have? Well, I think it's really a question of the ratio. Make sure you are never alone. First of all, we only have so much capacity, remember. But secondly, we need to be safe. And being alone with students is never a good idea. So we need to make sure we are never alone. Even if we only have a handful of students, we need to make sure that we are not the only leaders there. A lot of people will say that 1 to 8 or 1 to 10 is a really good goal. And I think that's a good first step. But honestly, I feel like it should be 1 to 4 or 1 to 5. That's one adult to every four students or five students. When we do that, we're able to really connect with those students that are there. If you have one adult who's trying to connect with 10 students or 8 students even, they can only do so much. But if all they got to do is connect with 4 or 5, that's a lot more doable. And beyond that, really, it should be 5 to 1, the other way around in an ideal situation. Instead of us thinking we need one adult for every 4 to 5 students, Really, it's about every student getting at least five adults who are pouring into them on a regular basis. That includes their parents, of course, but also leaders within the church, coaches, teachers, at least five different adults who are pouring into that student and helping them grow as a disciple. Moving on from the ratio question, let's talk about the different ways that adults can serve in our ministry. I created a list of 25 different ways adults can serve within student ministry, and honestly, many of these could be student leaders as well. What I hope is these 25 will help spark ideas in your mind as you think about your own ministry. Number one is a small group leader. Number two, greeter. Number three, a check-in leader. Number four, security. Number five, parking lot attendants. Number six, an on-stage host. Number seven, a games or activity leader. Number eight, teacher or a speaker. And get those people on a rotation. Number nine, tech which includes sound, slides, lights, anything like that. Number 10, a producer who oversees the entire program. Number 11, the setup team. Number 12, a teardown and cleanup team. Number 13, serving in a new student area. Number 14, a parent liaison. Number 15, a food coordinator. Number 16, a food server. Number 17, a photographer and videographer. Number 18, your social media team. Number 19, an event admin team for specific events like camps, retreats, and mission trips. Number 20, a follow-up team, especially for those new students. Number 21, a scheduling team who schedules the other teams. Number 22, leaders who recruit other new leaders. Number 23, a team that onboards those new leaders. Number 24, overseeing student leaders. And number 25, coaching other leaders. 
While that's a big list of a lot of different roles that people can fill, I think it's also important to create some diversity on our team. That goes to ages, that goes to ethnicities, but it also plays to different passions. For instance, we need to get people on our team who are passionate about reaching the neurodivergent. So as we're looking to fill different roles on our team, we're also looking to create some diversity on that team. And after you considered all the different ways that adults can serve within your ministry, I think it's important to go back to that organizational leader chart that we talked about a couple episodes ago and think about what you want your ministry team to look like. As you plot that out on paper or in a computer, think about all those different roles and then think about who is filling them right now. You may be the one that's filling a lot of those different roles. But then turn your attention to think about those who could fill them. Start putting in some names of people that could be filling those roles. You do not have to be doing everything. So think about who you can pass that on to. Then we need to make sure that we prioritize what needs to happen now versus what happens later. You can only tackle so much right now. So what needs to happen now and what can wait till later? And then grow over time by empowering those leaders to lead and bring on more people to their teams. Moving on, I think it's important that we talk about how we help people feel like they're a part of our team. It's something that's really simple, but it goes a long way. Get them things like merch. If you have t-shirts or hats or whatever that is, put those in the hands of your leaders. They will feel like they're a part of that team. You know, if you've ever been a part of a sports team or something like that, when you get that jersey, you feel like you're a part of the team. The same goes for our teams as well. And also get them name tags or whatever it is. Help them to feel like they are a part of that team by what they have, what they wear, all those different things. Secondly, give them a voice. Let them be a part of the planning as much as you can. Don't just tell them what you're doing all the time, but give them a voice and letting them be a part of the planning of the ministry. Also, consider letting them lead a team. We don't have to be the ones leading all the teams ourselves. We need to let other people lead too. And finally, give them permission to make the ministry their own. And that's going to look very different for all of our ministries, but I think it involves making solid boundaries rather than rigid rules that we give our leaders. When we give them rigid rules, they're not going to feel like they can personalize it and make it their own. But if we give them solid boundaries to work within, then they can operate within that and make it their own. And by doing that, we can help people feel like they're really a part of our team. Next, I think it's really important to hand off leadership. So what's that look like? First, we need to train them to lead. We need to ask, what are we currently doing that someone else could do? Honestly, that's probably most of our job. And then we need to train someone else not only to do that role, but to lead out in it. And in many ways, they may be able to take it further than you ever could. And then once we've empowered them to do that job, we need to move on to something else. Secondly, we need to give people the proper tools. Empowering people is all about giving them the proper tools. That includes training. So any training that they need, we talked a lot about that last episode, but also any resources as well. So all the different tools they need to accomplish their role. And they need access access to you as their leader, access to maybe church information, access to curriculum, access to whatever they need to accomplish their job. And third, I want to pass on this thought from Doug Fields. Rather than working ourselves out of a job, which is a common phrase that people use, Doug says it's better to work ourselves into our sweet spots. So we need to help others find their sweet spots and serve where they're gifted 
but also we need to serve in our sweet spot as well. And in order to do that, many times we need to hand off other areas of ministry so that we can really focus on what God's gifted us to do. The next area of empowering and multiplying leaders really comes down to evaluating and encouraging both publicly and privately. What we do in public needs to be focused mostly on programs and overall impact. But not all public situations are the same. So in general, I would encourage this. In front of the team, encourage and evaluate, but keep it broad. In front of the students, encourage only. And in front of the church, encourage only. Now, there's going to be few exceptions to these rules, but I think it's important to focus on general evaluation only in front of your team and not in front of students and not in front of the whole church. Now, when it comes to private evaluation and encouragement, this is where you focus on their specific group or their specific role. Spend some time with the leaders on your team and train other higher level leaders to do the same with their teams as well. And when you're with those leaders, here are some ways to focus on both evaluation and encouragement. First, consider the encouragement, criticism, encouragement sandwich. If you don't know what I mean, it's essentially starting with encouragement, moving on to criticism, and then back to encouragement. So we're not ending or starting on criticism in the conversation. Second, ask them how they feel things are going rather than just jumping in with criticism. Some of your leaders already have noticed what's going wrong, and we don't need to be the one pointing it out to them. Third, ask them for potential ways that it can be improved. Again, some of them have already thought through the whole process of not only noticing what's wrong, but they also have some ideas and ways to fix it. Fourth, we need to be ready to give leaders time off or dismiss them if the need arises. But this is important. Do not make this decision in isolation. Please consult your supervisor and other trusted mentors and coaches before you make decisions like that. And fifth, if it's not a right fit, help them find another ministry. Don't just let them go and just wish them the best of luck. Help them find another ministry that fits their gift set a lot better than what your ministry did. And finally, as we're talking about empowering and multiplying our teams, what does it mean to multiply leadership? One way we can do that is to partner up our veteran leaders with our new leaders. Give them an opportunity to pour into this new leader and help them learn on the job, but also maybe we need to pass on those training opportunities to them as well. Lean on those veteran leaders and allow the ministry to multiply through them. Another way we can multiply is to allow some leaders to lead teams. Again, you don't need to be the one leading all the different teams. So maybe that looks like one leader leading a group of small group leaders, or maybe one leader overseeing a group of small group coaches that also oversee small group leaders. We can continue to multiply that out in a number of different areas, but we don't have to be the ones leading all those teams. Hand over that leadership to other adults. Another way is to help leaders recruit others to their team. Again, we don't have to be the only ones recruiting. If you have a check-in team or a team of greeters or a speaking team, ask them to consider other people that should be on that team with them and empower them to go invite those people to join the team. Next is something we've talked a little bit about already, but we need to give our leaders the tools and resources to be the face of the ministry. Everything doesn't need to rely on us. So think about how we can put tools and resources in our leaders' hands to help them be the face of the ministry. Next, I think it's really important to treat them like the youth pastors that they are. They really are youth pastors. 
For some of them, it's going to be easier to see themselves as a youth pastor if they're a small group leader or maybe a teacher. That's an easier understanding. But we need to make sure that those parking lot attendants and those administration helpers and all the other roles on our team also see that their role is incredibly vital because they are all contributing to reaching the next generation for Christ. And finally, as we think about multiplication within our leaders, be ready for your good leaders to leave. I know that's really hard to think about, and some of you have already experienced that. But if you're really pouring into your leaders well, and you're training them and discipling them and empowering them, sometimes multiplication is us sending them to another church or another ministry to continue to lead well. The truth is that God has given us an amazing opportunity to lead teenagers to Jesus. And he's also given us the opportunity to raise up leaders, both students and adults. So don't take that opportunity lightly. Continue to grow yourself and continue to help your team grow as disciples and leaders. I want to thank you all for being here for this episode. And if you missed the other two in this mini-series on teams, go back and check them out as well. And if you have enjoyed what you've heard, please consider sharing it with someone else who is serving in student ministry. This next episode, I'll be jumping back into an interview with a youth pastor who is serving part-time in what many would call bivocational. He has lots of great insight and wisdom for leaders in a similar position to him, but I think it also applies to those who are in full-time positions as well. So make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss it. If you would like to support my ministry through the National Network of Youth Ministries, please follow the link in the show notes where you can sign up for my prayer partnership team and my financial partnership team. If you have any questions on what any of that means, please be sure to reach out. But thank you so much to all those who have partnered already. I really, really appreciate it. And before we go, I also want to thank G Shades for sponsoring this episode. Check out their website at gshades.org and use the promo code CONNECTION to save $20 off your order. And while you're over there, check out their blog and the brand new book from G Shades founder, Mike Haynes. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode, but until then... Be sure to stay connected and may God bless your ministry.